Hey, good morning, Munchropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! So what can I say? The camera loves me. Shall you be After you, Junior. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, it's episode number six. <laughs> Sorry. Of uh, Cry, or I've logged it. We're talking crime movies. Tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. We got a full panel. Uh, starting off with. Mr. Cody Newberry. Cody, welcome back to the show. You were here week one. Now you're back for crime movies. How are you? Fitting. Like, what a shocker that I was brought back for this episode. Uh, everybody doesn't get to see what I get to see. Uh, during that intro, I almost left the show because Bowman's was doing some shit that no one needed to see, but apparently was having a great time. <laughs> you're like, oh gosh, more do you got squirrelies in high school. Um, but no, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to try to talk about crime movies that I have not talked about on shows before, So, which is very hard for me because like a lot of my favorites I've talked about. So uh, I've, I've, went, I've got some interesting picks. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Boatman, you're back. Uh, will you make it through the whole episode this week? We will see, won't we? And how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be on like every episode for the whole time. And that keeps not happening. And 90% of the time, it's not right. We have a video game trivia match in about 30 minutes. So uh, uh, better, better study up on Mario Party 7. It's a deep cut on that. That's a good one. It's one of the better ones. Uh, <laughs> let's move over. We got Zach Ford. First time on the show. Zach, how are you? Um, good. I have, I have no idea what I'm doing here. I maybe didn't pay attention to anything you said because I'm I'm staring at my deep database of every movie I watch come up with list. But exciting news! Uh, the first time that this new basement backdrop has appeared in the screens for a show I had shot in my new house. Yay! Uh, and Kirk. There yet. Kirk, you're back. Uh, you were on a horror episode. Now you're back for crime. Shocked. Uh, how are you? Good. You invited me on, Tim. I said I'll only do it if you get my uh, top 100 crew back together, because I miss those guys. Sure. Ethan refused. Brian says he does. He'd do it, but he has trash takes, so we said no to him. We got Cody. We got Zach. That's good enough. That's fair. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to get started right away uh, with the uh, part of the show that we start every week with the uh, you know simple questions, the little questions of the week. Starting off with our favorite movie that we logged this week uh cody we are going to start with you what is your favorite movie that you logged this week and you can bring up either a uh, first time watch or a uh re-watch or both if you'd like so what most people don't know is tim is kind of an egomaniac so i thought he was going to go first um and he likes to like talk so i get to go first which was really weird but i get probably the best option to go first because i get to pick a movie that i rewatched. Um, and I rewatched Amadeus, and I just realized I, I made it clear on my post. There's films that won Best Picture, and you're like, clearly that deserved Best Picture. That's fine. But then there are movies that come out that could beat most Best Pictures, and Amadeus is one of those films. Uh, I think it's absolutely incredible. 
Um, there's little things that I picked up on this time watch that I haven't seen, that I didn't pick up recently. Um, would have been clearly in my top 100 if I would have watched it before. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. It's got like one of the saddest 20 minutes of any movie at the end. Uh, it's just, um, it's, I won't give something away for a future match, but it is super depressing. It's super sad. Um, but yeah, just Overall, a great time. I think the performances are great. I think both could have won the Oscar. I think F. Murray Abraham is probably the the one I would have given it to. I think he's he's fantastic. His different layers that he is portraying throughout this entire film, just a real like real asshole. <laughs> like when you look at his character, like he has so many layers to himself. And when they break it down, and like and Mozart, and you don't know whether to want to punch Mozart in the face or actually like like just feel bad for him at the same time like this movie has so many layers it's got and i'm not a big fan of classical music like that's something that i don't like love but this movie just just sucks me in and i think it's, i think it's fantastic yeah i've only seen this uh one time um and i i saw the director's cut i believe because that's what is available on i think it's readily available yeah i don't yeah. think that's it's hard to get a hold of the, of the theatrical. I watched the cut as well. Yeah, so uh, I didn't know if there was like a big difference between the two, but uh, that's what I saw. I enjoyed it. Um, I, again, I've only seen it the one time, um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, I split it into two sittings. Like it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch Amadeus," and I started it at like 11 p.m. and then by like 12:30, I was like, "This was a mistake." So I finished it like the next morning. Um, but I remember really enjoying it. I, I also, like Cody, don't know a ton about classical music or like it really all that much. But I, I found the story super interesting. Um, the performances are all really, really good. Um, what's the name of the guy who, uh, like... Uh, Alieri? No, 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 no. The, the actor who plays... Tom uh, Hulse. Yeah. Mozart. He just kind of, like, fell off the face of the earth, didn't he? Like, he didn't do really... He Hunchback. Hunchback. Well, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, he wasn't yeah. anything, like, huge no. in this, right? No, Which no. is kind of surprising, because I remember Parenthood. a lot. In <laughs> What'd you say? He's in Parenthood. Parenthood's great. Oh, Parenthood is a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no. Great, great pick. I liked it. Uh, Bowman, what do you think? I love Amadeus. Oh, this, this is probably my favorite Best Picture winner. Uh, I think that uh, which which I, I love a lot of Best Picture winners, so that's high praise. Um, I think that just the dynamic between Mozart and Salieri in this is so fascinating. I love the idea of you have one character who has this incredible talent and the other character doesn't, but he has the ability to recognize that talent. And it frustrates him so much because he feels that Mozart is wasting that talent. And to me, that is so incredible that we see this story being told through the eyes of Salieri. There are just so many great little moments. Uh, too Many Notes is maybe one of the most like hilariously frustrating moments in a movie. Oh, there, there are just too many notes. Just take some out and it'll be good. <laughs> like... I also love the moment when uh, Salieri writes the march for Mozart and then Mozart like not trying to be an asshole but just like changes it and critiques it and makes it better 
Like that's such like that. a slap to the face. And Mozart just thinks he's genuinely making better music, and he doesn't look at it like a slight. We can tell uh, Salieri is just crushed. Uh, Zach, your take on Amadeus? Um, the whole three hours, I just sang the song Amadeus, so I don't really know what happened. It's just Amadeus, uh, Amadeus. Um, I, I like I like it quite a bit. Um, I do think the length gets to it. I think I have a problem with like meltdowns of movies. Once it's the downfall of the person, you always just seem to drag. You know, repetitive. So that part drags a little bit, but for the rest of it, um, you know, very engaging. Um, they deal with you know the jealousy and the paranoia all really well. And Tom Hulse, we said he disappeared. He gives a great performance. I feel like his performance started with the last and then he built it around that but it kind of works because it created a quirk for someone that otherwise we would have thought of as a master not touching that one nope not a chance <laughs> not in this lifetime Jason, stop asking questions like that that we can never answer i'm just Gosh. excited yeah never mind. never mind uh kirk uh we'll give you yeah uh, i love amadeus it's in my top 30 i think and I mean, Tom Hulse's performance, just the fact that he took basically a, a historic figure that, you know, obviously we don't really know what the, what he was like and what his personality was. And uh, just uh, that's not wrong, Paul. Uh, and basically uh, and basically just uh, it kind of creates that person out of thin air. And I'm not familiar with the stage play that's based on. So I don't know how much, uh, you know, inspiration he took from that. Um, but his performance is great. And touch on what Boatman, what Boatman said, uh, the relationship between Salieri and Mozart is one of my favorite relationships in any movie. I just love how it starts out. Like, basically, like, Salieri is obsessed. Like, his world revolves around Mozart. And Mozart is, like, he's barely on Mozart's radar. And, like, what Mozart does know of him, he thinks they're friends. And um, I also love relationships about people who, like, at the end there, where you, you don't necessarily like each other but you form a bond because no one else really understands you. You're the only two that understand each other and the only two that get each other. Uh, so um, I love that about this movie. And of course, you know, like the music is fantastic and it's used so well. And like uh, Cody said, those last 20 minutes are just devastating. Yeah. All right. Um, I will go next now, Cody. Sorry. I just, I wanted to, let you go. Like, sorry. Um, okay. So uh, my favorite. Um, I'm not gonna talk about. What fandom movie one. are we talking about? Yeah, you know, there's there's uh, there's there's a lot of uh, fandom again, once again, that I uh, this week. But uh, I watched like Star Wars and stuff, which I could bring up. But one that I, no, I did this last time too. God damn it! I'm gonna do it again though. Last week I brought up. Freaky Friday, and this week I'm gonna bring up the Parent Trap. Okay, the Disney '90s Parent Trap movie is awesome. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. I forgot how much I liked it. Uh, it was one that, as a kid, we watched uh, often. The VHS of the Parent Trap, and uh, I think it holds up. It's really cheesy and pretty dumb, but like I think it's super fun. Um, Lindsay Lohan does a good job. Dennis Quaid is the dad I really like. Um, the like English Butler I think is really fun too, and it's just it's a sweet movie. Um, I actually like a lot of like Nancy Myers, like post this movies, which is weird. But I've watched a ton of them with my sisters and Maggie and stuff, and I I like her movies, and I like this one quite a bit. So, Cody, you looked like you wanted to punch me, but what's the problem? No, it's not. 
it's not punch you. So there's a there's a there's a group that does like double feature watch alongs on Fridays with my Canley like kind of led thing. And people have picked like great films like Catch Me If You Can and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and uh, or what? Yeah, everyone um, for that. Yeah, well, people had things going on, but just different great films. Uh, we even watched Con Air and we watched uh, uh, The Rock. And then Thomas Scully gets the option of picking movies, and he picks this for the upcoming week. The Parent Trap and The Incredibles. Apparently, he wants us to sit around while he studies fandom. It's just pointless. <laughs> I, I have no desire in my life to go back and watch this Parent Trap movie. I realized when I was younger, it was a good movie. It was fine. I think there are good moments in it. There's probably... I, I can even remember like the fencing scenes and like them realizing my father and your mother and blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to fucking watch it again. I'd rather watch something fun, something... When you've got a group like that, so Thomas Scully's an ass, but I'm glad that you still like The Parent Trap. You have to study for fandom, so you need to watch The Parent Trap. Yeah. For me, not a fucking chance in hell. So, yeah. I, I will, I will say as a, as a follow-up to this, uh, I watched this back-to-back with the first uh, Princess Diaries movie, and uh, that movie does not hold up. Uh, but Parent Trap does. Uh, Boatman, Parent Trap. Of the three attempts to uh, reboot a classic Disney live-action film uh, with Lindsay Lohan, this is the middle one. Uh, I think Freaky Friday is the best one. Herbie Fully Loaded is awful. This one is good. This one is a really charming movie. Uh, This was one that played on the Disney Channel a lot. So I naturally, as a kid with no friends, I watched it a lot. Uh, uh, there, there are some really fun scenes. I think Nancy Myers is one of those directors who is able to take a movie that is inherently just kind of okay and add some really fun flair to it. Uh, like the, the soundtrack. This movie's soundtrack is legitimately great. This is a fantastic soundtrack. I will always associate Nat King Cole's uh, L-O-V-E with this movie. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I think Lindsay Lohan is legitimately great in this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Paul is an enigma. I'm just going to throw it out. Paul is this person I just don't fucking understand anymore. We'll rip you apart for takes and then comes in with fucking fully loaded shit. Go away! <laughs> I don't understand you anymore. Zach, the parent job. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I did watch Princess Diaries recently, though, so let's just talk about that. It doesn't hold up. But my wife was just like, who sees like five movies a year, which is like, you know what I really need to see? Princess Diaries. It was like the one thing she felt she's been missing out on for years. Um, Parent Trap hasn't came up, so one day my wife, that'll be the other main movie she's missed throughout history that we'll have to watch. Kirk, the parent trap. If this was the best fan movie you watched this week, I'm really worried to see what the worst one is. No, it's not the best one. It's just I've talked about Empire Strikes Back how many times. I don't need to talk about it again. No, um, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie the whole way through. I, I think when my daughter was younger, her and my wife used to watch a lot, so I'd walk in on parts. I've seen big chunks of it. Um, it's fine. I agree with Boatman. Is this, there's a scene they use, Here Comes the Sun, right? Is this that movie? I think it's that movie. Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. So yeah, I agree with Boatman on the soundtrack. And there she goes by the laws. 
I'm going to sing at least 10 times in this show, I decided. All right, Bowman. Uh, your favorite movie, you log this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, so my favorite movie I've logged this week, I feel like everybody knows everything. Beauty and the Beast, 1991. Perfect movie. I'm going to go with... Yes, yes. Perfect movie. I'm going to go uh, with a film I feel like not enough people have talked about because I just kind of stumbled onto it. I'm going with uh, a film called Noises Off. This is a film from uh, 1992 that uh, it basically centers around uh, a group of actors and their director uh, producing a stage play. And the film is based on a stage play. The first act of the film, you see them like rehearsing the stage play, right? Then the second, you see all the craziness that is going on like behind the scenes during a show. And then the third, you see just kind of the disaster that happens. And the way the comedy is done, and this is so brilliant, the way the actors kind of go in and out of their character like that is so hilarious. Uh, Michael Caine plays the director. Carol Burnett is incredible in this movie as uh, one of the actresses. You also have Christopher Reeve and uh, Julie Agerty as the stage manager. Uh, this is by Peter Bogdanovich, uh, probably best known for uh, The Last Picture Show or Paper Moon. And he does an incredible job directing this. The second, third has some of the best like visual slapstick comedy I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I haven't seen this, but I've like heard of the stage play when I was in high school. My like drama director was like obsessed with Noises Off and had recommended it to me a lot. Uh, I still haven't checked it out, but um, I've heard really, really great things about it. So I'll definitely uh, add it to the watch list. Uh, Cody, have you seen this? I've seen a production of it, like from a professional theater company, but I've not actually seen the movie. I didn't know there was a movie that actually existed until I saw Boatman's Letterbox come in. So uh, I will definitely be adding it to the watch list for sure. Zach? Because the show's great. Yeah, I legit didn't know this movie existed until I saw it on um, Boat's Letterbox. Uh, Peter Bogdanovich is, you know, for being known as, you know, one of the important directors in film history, just has a uh, filmography that just like eludes me. There's just so many movies I've just never heard of. I don't know how he has two, I guess, really well known masterpieces, and a lot just just have been hidden in time like this. Kirk, what about you? Uh, I have not seen this, um, but when I saw it come up on Boatman's Letterbox, I was looking at it, it caught my attention. So it's probably something I'll check out. Awesome. All right, Zach. Only two and a half stars. Move on. Maybe. Um, <laughs> move on to you, Zach. What's yeah. your favorite movie along yeah. this week? So my, my life has been chaos um, for a week because I've only watched um, Bourne movies in 10-minute segments and um, like Disney movies with my son. And I can't count Cinderella, which fucking rules. But I, I watched the first um, 80% of it two weeks ago and then finished the last 20% yesterday. Um, so I'm just not I'm not going to count it. But I'll go with my favorite Bourne. It's the first time I've ever watched the Bourne movies. Um, didn't give it the best experience. Maybe the reason why I'm about to pick my favorite is because it's the one I actually watched in two segments, in two one-hour segments and non-10-minute segments. Probably helped, um, which is Bourne Automatum. Um, it, 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 it seems like it w somehow, because the first two movies, I think, tried so hard to, to show and not have a lot of exposition that then all the story um, and backstory are saved for the third one of, of you know, what are these programs, um, you know, what was done to them. It, all the interesting backstory got saved for the end, and it works, but also um, 
they like focus so much more on the CIA in this one that it's almost like a procedural of trying to watch them, um, you know, you know, chase um, Born and catch him rather than you know, Born just really gets to be a shadow, which I think is very just scariest and, and most impressive, um, rather than watching Max. So, for, so I think you know that's why I was probably more um, impressed with this, and I, I think it has a couple of the best. Um, and I don't even want to call them action scenes, but suspense scenes of just trying to watch them track um, different targets um, in crowds. The, you know, um, Patty Constantine scene of trying to track him through the crowd and then Jason Bourne slipping a phone and, and trying to, you know, give him hints. And with like three random fights in the middle of this, it was all just like so exciting and so tense that I don't think there's anything as, as engaging in the other um, movies. I like them all, but this was by far, um, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, this is the best of the bunch to me. Um, I I liked the first one. I'm honestly not a big fan of the second one. I've rewatched the trilogy quite a few times at this point in my life, and I, I don't really care for the second one. Um, but I really like this one. I think this one's really uh, cool. Um, I think the like shaky style that Greengrass brought to the second one is kind of perfected here in this one. It's got a lot of really cool action sequences, and it, it, it's a good cap off to the trilogy. Um, I also don't hate the Jeremy Renner one. It's not great, but I think it's better than like the Return of Men in the like uh, what was it the 2016 movie? I thought that was really bad. Uh, so this is by far to me the best of the bunch. Um, it's a great pick, uh, Cody. Born Ultimatum. Uh, Born Ultimatum is the best one. It's I honestly don't think it's close. Um, I think they take what they do in the first two and like shoot it to the moon. I love the like whole scene where he drives off the back of the thing and they're like, he did what? Um, just that entire thing. I think the fighting is better in this film. Um, Born is such a weird franchise because I actually, I enjoyed the first three, um, the third one by far. Um, but like, I was so disappointed with the 2016 one that got me in the theater by one punch, like one punch in a trailer was like, I'm in. And then what a freaking disappointment that was. But yeah, ultimatum is a lot of fun. I need to rewatch actually the first three. I haven't, I haven't done it in a while. So yeah. Bowman. Uh, I loved the Bourne movies uh, when I was younger, like 14, 15. I just loved those movies. I, Identity is my personal favorite. Uh, and then I was like super hyped because, oh, they're bringing Matt Damon back? 2016, I'm in. That was maybe one of my most disappointing experiences in a theater because I was so excited for that movie. Uh, but Ultimatum's really good. I prefer Identity, but I don't begrudge anyone who prefers Ultimatum because this movie's excellent. Uh, easily my favorite of the two green grass ones. Uh, and uh, I love both of them ending with that Moby song. Three green. There's three. Two, two original. We don't count the other one. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Kirk. Uh, I don't think I've seen this one. Um, I've seen the first one. I think I saw the second one, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen this one yet. Fair enough. All right, Kirk, we go on to you. What's your favorite movie log this week? Um, I was studying for trivia this week, so I was doing a lot of rewatches, um, and I didn't want to watch. I don't want to talk about Harry Potter, so I watched the movie specifically so I could log it and talk about today. Uh, what I've wanted to see, for, been wanting to see for a while, and it popped up on Hulu, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And it's, uh, and I'm afraid so I might be taking somebody a movie from somebody's crime list because I know somebody here just watched this recently. Um, and it's uh, Memories of Murder. Um, 
the uh, uh, Bong Joon Ho movie. Uh, I wanted to see this for a long time. Heard so much great stuff, great stuff about it. It is uh, such a great, uh, really good crime movie. A really good detective story about two very different police officers who kind of have opposing arcs. Um, you know, whose lives and whose ideologies are kind of moving in opposite directions, start in one place and kind of end in the in in, in the reverse. Um, and it's just a very frustrating movie in that they're they're trying to find this killer and they can't. And um, basically, like the 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 small town cops where this is, uh, you know, they're in charge of this are basically just trying to freight like they're setting people up. Like they just want to name, they just want to be able to say they caught somebody. Uh, so they're like, you know, they're torturing witnesses and doing all this really underhand stuff, just trying to, to, to catch somebody. It just keeps failing for them. It's almost, it's almost darkly comic in how it, uh, in the way, like they just keep failing at, you know, trying and failing to, to, to get a suspect and get a, uh, to get somebody arrested for these crimes. Um, and then when they finally kind of do get onto the guy, they think they're onto the guy, um, things, you know, fall apart a little more for that. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, but it's a really good movie. A lot of great, just a really good looking movie. Um, so many great shots. Um, a lot of like, I don't want to call them action scenes because they're not like, it's not like the, okay, this is the minute of the action scene, but just scenes where action happens and they're shot really well. And um, just like the, the sh there's a scene at the end where um, the two people are standing in the mouth of a tunnel and you see it from inside the tunnel. Just, just a beautiful shot. Um, so I do want to give it a rewatch because uh, when I'm watching uh, non-English language films, you know, I love watching them, but sometimes it takes me a while to, you know, get my bearings. And uh, with this one, there's like a, it, it's just a movie that just starts and goes and doesn't really give you a chance to catch up. So I do want to give it a rewatch because I'm sure there's a lot I missed and a lot I need to catch up on. But even the first watch, it was really good. Yeah, this just came out on Criterion and I really want to pick it up and watch it because um, I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um and also, Boatman, uh, if you want me to unmute uh, or uh, put uh, a certain person in timeout, you just let me know for any comments that they make. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm meaning I muted my speakers. No, I that's not what I'm talking. Never mind. Whoo, joke. Uh, okay. Oh, Cody. we're talking pacing with cards three. Yes, cool. I am. Uh, Cody, you just watched this, though, I think, right? Uh, yes, it's like in my top five movies that I've watched for YLS. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um, I've also said this numerous times. Paul just thinks I haven't watched enough of them, but I don't watch a lot of foreign language films just because I'm an uncultured swine. Um, and I have the attention span of a newt. Um, so when you read the films, I, my mind gets sidetracked and I, I go to different places. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a movie. Um, but this one like fully hooked me in. I think this movie, uh, I, I, this is a movie like I dove into like the back, like why it was made, like interviews on the making of this film, and I just found everything so so fascinating on this. I, I won't say anything because I don't want to give anything away of it. But it's got, it's got like kind of a, the cop feel where they like switch where they start in one place and they end up taking like each other's roles at one point. Like it's, it's a fantastic movie. I would definitely check it out. I think it's on Hulu um, or go buy the $50 criterion yes. collection, you know, because you know, that's what people $50. It, How much? It's probably like 25, 20. Yeah. Well, I'll look on Amazon. Oh. Well, I saw an Irishman one for fifty. Two, I said for one. The Irishman one is beautiful. I have it right there. To be fair, uh, you were looking at the Barnes and Noble one, Cody, and they up their prices. They do. Oh well, that's that's they should be shot. 
Bowman, you haven't seen this because you were afraid of spoilers? Yes, I'm afraid of spoilers. I really want to see it, and I'll probably see it once I have to stop watching terrible movies for trivia. Uh, Zach? I have seen it. It was really crazy when it was all in a snow globe all along. Sorry about Um Anyways, um, I, I, I like it quite a bit. There is something, especially with the earlier Bong Joon-ho movies, um, that, that can be a little... Um, not unsolved is not the right word, but but you he has a very specific rhythm and vibe and, and tone that 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 you have to um, kind of fall right into. Um, it, it can isolate you a little bit on the mixture of the dark humor um, with the drama. So I think first watches are never the best um, experience with the Bong Joon Ho movie. I think they get better in rewatches. Um, but I can't wait to rewatch it because I hope to this I'd see it in theaters at the end of the month they just playing at the Cinematheque. What? Just broke in my house. Anyways, um, they're playing at the Cinematheque at our Art Institute in Cleveland, so I hope to see it at the end of the month, and um, I'll come back on the show to reevaluate it. Um, I'm, I'm scheduling in my book right now. Alright, so we're going to move on to uh, the next question, which is what's our least favorite movie you logged this week uh now we'll shake things up we'll go out of order i'll go first this time cody don't worry um i i don't know that less time between talking i don't know if i'm gonna disappoint people with this one i think cody's on my side here um so again as we all know i've been watching fandom movies and uh there's one that i hadn't seen in a very long time that as a kid i remembered thinking oh yeah i used to have fun with this this movie fucking sucks. It's uh, Robin Williams in Flubber. This movie is garbage. Uh, listen, I love Robin Williams. Uh, and this movie is just terrible. Like, there's, like, no redeeming qualities about this to me at all. I had a horrible time watching it. Um, they do nothing. And I haven't seen any of the original, like... Because this was, what, a remake of Absent-Minded Professor? Is that what it was? Or is that what it was called or something? I don't remember what it was, yeah. what it was called. Yes. Okay, thank you. So they, like, I haven't seen any of that. This is the only thing I've seen. But, like, the, the characters are just terrible. You don't give a shit about anything that's happening. Um, Will Wheaton plays this, like, little brat kid who's, like, not getting, like, his grades and that's a thing for some reason. And then he keeps forgetting about his wedding and I don't know. It's just, it was all terrible. It was only like 88 minutes and it was rough. Uh, I did not have a good time. Uh, and this is also, you know, I watched the rise of Skywalker this week too. And like, that's a bad movie. And this is, this, this is worse to me. I, I hated this, hated this, uh, Cody clubber. Uh, I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. Uh, probably my fa- one of my favorite comedic actors. Probably my favorite. But man, did he pick some doozies. He got sucked into a contract, and you can't convince me any different. With and I think his old last one was Old Dogs. If I'm if I'm not like he was locked For into Disney. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think he was locked into a contract and had to do movies. And Flubber is. I literally put in my review the last time I watched it. I'm sad. Because when I watched this, when I watched it when I was like ten, like eight or ten, this movie is fine. I mean, it's Flubber, it's Rob Williams, it's fine. 
this movie just has nothing for any like real it's like space jam like you just want to keep those things in your childhood and never revisit them and lock them away terrible when you space jam rules shut your mouth you're you're an idiot i'm sorry (laughs) i hate to do this to zach but you're a moron uh this movie is bad space jam is bad just yeah, I don't think there's many people that defend Flubber anymore. If you are, then you just don't like film. So uh, yeah, there's also that I can't, I can't. It's been I just saw this, but like that robot, that floating robot that was like in love with. She wants him? to fuck Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah, she was bang Robin Williams the whole time, and I'm like, you're a robot. You're supposed to be. Did you not get like what's going on? Like it's so bad. Yeah, it none none of it none of it makes sense. Uh, Bowman, here's the thing you have to remember about Flubber. Oh boy, this movie features a main character. Tim Tim alluded to it, but I don't think Tim stressed the intensity of it. Who was not late to his wedding? He was not. He did not even not show up at his own wedding. This man was late. To the third try of his wedding. He had been late. He had not shown up two other times. And then forgot a third time. That is the main character of your movie that you are supposed to sympathize with. Well, he's honestly, Robin Williams is not a good, like, husband. If you think about it, he's just not a good husband in most of his movies. The guy is busy making advanced slime. He's changing the world with his slime. Tickets. I don't want to hear it. There's a difference. I'm absent-minded. That means I forget to update the thumbnail doc every once in a while. That doesn't mean I would forget a wedding. Once in a while. You're not not an absent-minded professor. You're just absent-minded. You don't even get the smart aspect after that. I I hate that he's even like trying again. Like how she would give him three chances to show up to this wedding that they plan, spend money, do all this stuff, and he misses it three times? Yeah, you're gone. Where Where are your robots? But he uses Flubber to win a basketball game. There's nothing so in the rule, but uh, Zach, do you have anything you want to add to Flubber? I, um, I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Maybe there is a sense of nostalgia I have because I'm never going to rewatch it. I'm going to let it exist in there. But I watched it with my grandparents. I remember that in theaters. And grandparents are great, like as a concept and my specific grandparents. And so I, I love Flubber because I saw it with you know, my dear grandma. Um, also, why Flubber might have been bad for, for, for the world is because slime sucks. Just like my students, like 13-year-olds got obsessed with slime and just stuck to everything and is annoying as shit. Let's not make slime, like, have its own mind. That's fucking worse. Don't need uh, that. Quote, grandparents are great as a concept. <laughs> is, is one of my new favorite quotes. They're great as a concept. Uh, uh, Kirk your take you guys remember that show uh scared straight where they take like troubled teens and take them into prison <laughs> and like have like the prisoners just tell them at all what prison was about like they walk <laughs> out like change their lives tim ought to do that with people who are considering playing fandom <laughs> just sit them down and talk about everything he watched you want to study this three times and, and they will and they will never ever play phantom i get that's I, I just sometimes like oh maybe i should play phantom i look at tim's letterbox i'm like no i'm not gonna do that um i like <laughs> grandparents too zach but i watched some real crap with my grandparents but they do not have great taste in movies um but no i've never uh long story short i've never seen fuller 
I have watched 1978's Lord of the Rings three times this year, and it hurts. Uh, okay, Cody. to be staring him. <laughs> Cody, uh, you get to go next. So this is going to be like a weird take, because I didn't really see a lot of bad movies. Like, I could clearly say in Arizona, uh, like, in old Arizona could be there. But that movie is like in 28, like... It did what it could. I love when it like said like one of the first talking picture wax talking movies outside. Like that's what it was. But I'm gonna go with Yankee Doodle Dandy. Now oh, fuck that movie. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with this. <laughs> James Cagney is good in this movie. He's good. Like he is a good performer. But overall, this movie won. This made somebody's top one hundred. Which is laughable. Laughable that this made someone's top 100. Second, I've seen fourth graders perform these patriotic songs probably better than this movie actually did it. I, they're just, I hit like the Yankee Doodle Dandy and all these like over patriotic like songs that you hear from like child concerts. It just loses all interest in me. Like I'm never like that patriotic of a person. Like that, I just oh yeah, sing Yankee Doodle. And there is blackface in this movie. And I have said this before. In 42, I think that was a bad mistake. But this movie looks really bad in 2021 uh, for the first time viewing. I don't think the music's that great to make the musical like rise above like older musicals back then. Like I don't think. It's anything special. I think it's just like I believe, like, like I believe my grandpa. If I showed them and they have all these patriotic numbers, he would be so flipping pleased. But for me, I was like, I don't care. Like, and it's too long. Like, it's it's a guy that does musical numbers. Like, that's his whole. Like, he the the show is. And he sings Yankee Doodle Dandy. It's like putting on the whole show of Yankee Doodle Dandy. It is so long and drawn out. Cagney's fine. Of course, he probably deserved the Oscar back there. Yeah, sure. I hate America. I'm, I'm not going to buy a... <laughs> I don't shoot fireworks off. I don't give a damn. But listen, I don't care. And Andrew Barr, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm just going to be honest with you. You should be ashamed of it, I have actually a question for Kirk. I'm sorry to take up some time. But Kirk, what is it with you guys like shot in like areas that movies are filmed in or around or that you know or like philadelphia that man loves it so much that i think it made it first top 100 because it's filmed there or it's shot there or it's about there what is wrong with you people nothing wrong with me i'm from pittsburgh it's, it's bar it's philadelphia He's yeah but if it's shot in pittsburgh everybody well what, what, what yeah. are we doing yeah weird well it's sudden that's not yeah. great um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I missed a uh, two-point question about this film earlier in Warzone this year. Was it this movie? Or no, it was Sergeant York. Yes, you missed the uh, what war does Sergeant York take place? Sergeant in? York. Uh, I thought it was Yankee Doodle Dandy for some reason. They were close. It was one year apart, so you're not bad. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, this just still sounds bad. Uh I don't like movies made before the year 1960 all too much. I never get a chance to watch them, though, because I live with Maggie Bracala, who, if the movie's made before 1990, let's say, what year? Well, Star Wars, even. Uh, let's say the year 2000. She's not interested. So I'm never going to 
Don't laugh she's at like, me. That's 100 percent accurate. And didn't she give like five stars to Paz of Glory? Didn't she give five like five stars to Paz of Glory? Okay, fair. But still, I don't get to watch a lot of uh, non-fandom things, and I'm not going to make time for this uh, because I have other stuff to watch. Yeah, this he is blames it on Maggie, but listen, this bastard's watching Flubber three times. <laughs> we all know <laughs> what's happening in the house. Uh, Boatman. Oh, the worst movie I logged. No, time. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Oh, Nick, it should be again. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen it either, but since this is a letterbox show, I do want to. I have a specific issue with Cody's review, and we're going to read it and we're going to address this. Um, Cody's review, really short. Oh, fucking lost it. God damn it. Okay. Um, It says James Cagney is great, of course, but the movie overall is really boring. Sure. But you have never fucking seen another James Cagney movie. Why are you using the phrase, of course. You want to you want to challenge that again? You want to challenge that again? Man is. Do you want to challenge that I've never seen one another one. James Cagney? Yeah, how much James Cagney have you watched? He's watched uh, one, two, three. Time. Oh, so because of that, he, of course he's great. He's always great. Based All on you people do is watch James Cagney movies. There are <laughs> other classic actors, everybody. Yeah, that's it. I'm just saying, you're just saying the word of course um, incorrectly because why are you giving Biff a doubt? You don't, you don't know if he earned that. Uh, you I get just two best, two furious, three stars. I don't need you to come that's at me, solid okay? Movie. <laughs> you gave it three stars. I don't need you to come at me. Go watch Tyrese, okay? Shut your mouth. Whoo, Kirk, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah, um, this is a movie that shouldn't work. Um, I gave this like a middle of the road rating, and it's like the like the like the just that pie in the sky, like optimistic patriotism, but like the the, the war era is the World War Two era is kind of just like hokey now. And the mu- it's basically the movie's basically like a George Cohen mixtape, uh, but Cagney is so good in this. Like he makes. Uh, Cody's right. Like I really shouldn't care about this guy. Like he's just a singer. Like he's like he's. Its story's not that interesting. Um, but he plays this uh, so well and so compelling that like I'm just drawn to him as a character in this movie, and it all revolves around him. I'm not comparing it to any other ones. I didn't say, of course. I just said this one movie. He's very good. Yikes! All right, Boatman, <laughs> let's move over to you. Now you can tell us your least favorite movie. You so the keyword is least favorite movie I've logged this week, not least favorite movie I've watched this week. So next week we'll get into some fun. But this week, in terms of what I've actually logged, I haven't logged anything too terrible. Uh, so I'm going with the movie I gave three stars. So I still think it's a better movie than it isn't. Uh, but it felt very tonally confused. I'm going with Spike Lee's Summer of Sam. Uh, this is a depiction of the Son of Sam murders. And the, imagine if Spike Lee tried to make, like, Casino while also trying to make Zodiac while also trying to make Boogie Nights. That's what this movie feels like. It's that it's a weird combination of a bunch of different things, and some of them work really well, and some of them don't. Uh, it's it's a little too long, uh, but there are some great individual things in it. I think John Leguizamo is actually really good in this movie, uh, along with Adrian Brody, uh, and I think there are some really cool like just seventies dynamics in here. 
Uh, but overall, it's just a very tonally confused movie. Again, I like it more than I don't, but uh, it's lower lower rung on the on the Spike Lee films. Yeah, I have not seen this. I've only seen a few uh, Spike Lee movies. His most recent couple, and then I saw Inside Man. Uh, that's about it. Uh, someone I want to get into the filmography. There's just so many movies and so many places to go. I haven't, I haven't gone there yet. Uh, but I want to. Uh, Cody, what about you? Have you seen this? Um, so I just personally don't think Spike Lee should target like tackle like this kind of movie in my opinion i just don't feel like that's just up his alley for like true crime and you put zodiac goodfellas and boogie nights didn't hate boogie nights as much as everything else but you pick two like films that i actually like but i would never want them in the same movie so i'm gonna pass because that does not work for me at all um so yeah zach have you seen this I have not, and I have no concerns with the way um, Bowman wrote his Iron Box review. So next. Oh, I cap. I, I I put in caps, of course. Now. Nice, uh, Kirk. <laughs> um, I have not seen this, but uh, Bowman's description is pretty much the exact vibe I've gotten from this movie. Anytime I've like seen like clips or trailers or anything, um, which is weirdly why I want to see it, but also why I have avoided it. If that makes sense. Also, it does th- that runtime does scare me off a little bit, uh, but I do want to see it eventually. Cause I just want to get through his filmography. All right. Uh, we are on to Zach for your least favorite movie. Along this yeah. Program. I'm, I'm going to stretch the week a little bit. Cause I just do what I want to do, which I'm also upset about this. Cause then I could have talked to my favorite movie about truffle hunters documentary about old Italian men looking for truffles. And that would just been a much more Zach thing to come and talk about. Um, but that movie is fucking rules. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, my least favorite movie, I also watched my way through all John Singleton movies um, along with the Blank Check podcast. Um, did you guys know there's this movie that exists called Abduction? Because it does not fucking exist. And how, like, John Singleton went from immediately being this, like, very important filmmaker with, like, an important perspective and voice to doing the most, like, anonymous, anonymous, meaningless um vehicle for Taylor Lautner that uh, is it, just like confusing. They could have hired anyone to direct this movie. There's no style to it. There's no um, uniqueness to it. It has a pretty stacked cast for a movie that just like sucks. I do think Alfred Molina is pretty interesting and solid in it. I think he does what movie he's in, um, but, but it's just like extremely stupid. I do think some of the action sequences kind of function well um and i, and I maybe that's where john singleton's you know uh, um adeptness helps um his competency at least can show and how to film those sequences uh, but the plot just mm, is, is stupid mainly taylor laudner is uh, void of any kind of charisma or screen presence that that drains all energy out of the movie right away um so the only reason anyone would ever watch this movie is if they're trying to get through john singleton's filmography um because this movie just died on release yeah i remember when this came out and like seeing the ads for it and thinking it looked really rough i never saw it i have no desire to see it um i think taylor lautner is not good ever uh sorry to all the old those friggin' Kingsman who like Shark Boy and Lava Girl or whatever, but that shit's terrible. Don't don't rap us. That's Spence and Holtzman, and that's it. Okay, fair enough. 
but yeah, no, not a fan. Don't care. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> Cody. I mean, this killed his career, basically. I mean, he was after, like, you thought he was going to be, like, this next big thing from the Twilight series. Um, and then just they put him in an action film. And I remember the trailer. I've never f- fully seen this movie. But, yeah, after that, Adam Sandler, I think, found him in Hollywood, like, sitting on the on the corner and be like, hey, you want to do, do Grown Ups 2 and Ridiculous 6? Please. And then I put him in stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, it's so just, it's so bad. Uh, the the trailers were so bad. I can't believe you sat through the entire movie. So, uh, hats off to you. Uh, Bowman, you seen this? Oh, let me look at your review. No, uh, Taylor Lautner's best performance is in Cheaper by the Dozen 2, and I stand by that. Well, when you've you got problem. seven issues from, there's probably... <laughs> Best performance doesn't equal good performance. Uh, Kurt. Um, yeah, it's terrible, but it is filmed in Pittsburgh, Cody. So, you know, get extra points for that. Uh, I believe Pittsburgh legendary pitcher Steve Blass has a cameo in it. That's the only reason I'd watch it. No, a um, few things would make a Pittsburgh movie make me not want to watch it. Taylor Lautner is one of them. Uh, I haven't seen it. All right, action. Yeah, and see, real quick, thinking about my letterbox review that I posted for it, um, there is a moment early in the movie that, um, him and um, what's her face, Jesus Christ, Phil Collins' daughter, Lily Collins, um, Taylor Lauder, Lily Collins' daughter, are working on a school project, um, and for some reason, their project's on like abduction, and they're like looking up the abduction websites. And look, I can see every kid who's ever been stolen, and during this, they're like shoulders touch, and they're like, should we make out? In the middle of like looking at all these kids who have like lost their family, and it is fucking lovely. It's just a masterpiece moment at all. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Kirk, uh, your least favorite movie along this week. Um, as I said, uh, I was watching uh, mostly trivia match uh, match movies, so I did get to watch a lot of new stuff, um, so I could talk about Fantastic Beasts, because that movie sucks, um, but I want to talk about the one movie, the one new movie I did watch this week uh, for trivia, which Boatman, after the fact, informed me I did not need to watch, because I had it in the wrong category. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Um I, I, I didn't, you thought it was you. You thought it was something else. It was the, the category I was studying for was non fandom movies, and then after I logged it, but was like, you know, it's a fandom movie, right? Like, <laughs> son of a bitch, yeah. I didn't watch that for no reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did not realize I caught it was a Marvel winner. Uh, but no, I liked the first Kingsman well enough. It was a good movie. I think this one just takes a little bit too far and um, tries to be that like millennial James Bond or whatever it's doing. Um, just is it's too it's just too much. The way they bring uh, Call of First character back, like the actual way they bring him back is just nonsense, even based on these movies, uh, you know, standards. Uh, but like his him being there and his arc is just kind of dumb and takes up too much. Time. Movie's way too long, it's almost two and a half hours long. Uh, has no business being that long. Uh, Julianne Moore's villain is trying to be like a like a quirky Bond villain. She lives on like this like deserted temple, and she has like fifties aesthetic and diners and things like that. And all her henchmen are uh, like dressed up as like fifties like bellhops and stuff. But she also has some robots for reasons I don't know. It's just too much. Um, like I said, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, um, but it it wasn't good. It's definitely worse than the first one. Um, and no, and no offense to the Kingsman, because my uh, faction is named after a bad movie too. So, 
I hate named after the first one, not the second one. You're named after the franchise. You you you've you've roped yourself in. Locked to be it in. Sorry, you're not named. We, we named ourselves filled with bad movies. Um, yeah, this movie sucks. I I hate this movie. Uh, the first time I saw it, not getting into too much detail, but. Me and Maggie were literally walking out the door to head to the theater, and my parents had shared with us some pretty awful news, and I was in a horrible mood throughout the entire movie. Hated the movie, never saw it again in the theater. It came out on Blu-ray, and I said, well, maybe I was, I was in a really bad place that day. Maybe I was just turned off and i wasn't i didn't like the movie because of that rewatched it no the movie's just ass it's terrible and i've rewatched it quite a few times for trivia and it doesn't get any better it's gross this movie's kind of gross paul alluded to it it's just weird and creepy um the one thing i kind of like in the movie is pedro pascal because i kind of love him and upset and uh, am obsessed with him um but even that like he's he's fine um, I think Channing Tatum's pretty rough in the movie. Halle Berry's not great. Um, Taron Edgerton is fine, um, but he's much better in the first one. And yeah, the way they bring back uh, Colin Firth is so stupid and just like negates everything that was impactful about the third act of the first one. Um, the first one was over the top in the right ways and in the right times and the right places. And this one was like, oh, you liked it when the heads exploded at the end of the first one. Well, we're just going to dial it to 12 for this entire movie then. Uh, yeah, no, not a not a big fan. I will agree with Paul. The Mark Strong scene is good. I think Mark Strong actually is the best part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, he's definitely the best part of the movie. Thank you for reminding me. He's in every fandom movie ever. I don't know if you know that, but he is in every fandom movie. Uh, even if you don't see him, he's there. Um, but yeah, he's by far the best part of the movie. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a two-star movie to me. I, I do not like it. And why does every Chad and Tatum movie from 2017 have Country Roads in it? Yeah, that was uh, the year of the Country Road Cinematic Universe. It was Logan Lucas. Alien Covenant, I believe, also had it. Uh, it was, yeah, lots of lots of Country Road that year. Uh, Cody, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Um, yeah, he won't show up unless it's in the film. Um, but uh, I, I missed this in theaters altogether. Because I liked the first one. The first one took me by surprise. I didn't see that in theaters. I watched it after it came out. I enjoyed it a lot. So then I just waited around because everybody was telling me, oh, not great. So if they think it's not great, I'm probably going to hate it. Like, even the comic book, like, apologist, like, so I get in there and I think this movie's just stupid. Like, they load the cast, which is always a bad sign. For any sequel, when you load a cast with a bunch of stars to other people, it normally does not work out in the positive direction. It starts just gross. Like, there was no reason to go to, the, like, this villain plot, this villain plan. I think is the statesman, is that what they're called? Yeah. I think that's stupidity on, like, another level. Like, oh, let's just introduce the Kingsman from another place and another place. Like... You're just setting yourself up for terrible sequels after terrible sequels. Um, yeah, Country Road. Like, I think the Mark Strong stuff is fine, but like, I'm so checked out during this movie. I don't find I have no desire to go back. Like the Kingsman, the first one, I I liked what they did. It was it was innovative. It was something new. It was like a younger James Bond. I had fun with it, but again, they swung for the fences for you know sequels, and this is what happened. So yeah. Is Darth Murray telling me that the upcoming Kingsman movie has the Tooch? 
Because if that's true, I did not know that. As the Tooch? Stanley Tooch. I know. I'm, the Tooch. If it has I'm the Tooch, excited. I am there. Well, I was going to be there anyway, but I didn't realize yeah. that I was tuning. Oh. Well, Please explain to us your thoughts on this movie and um, why did you guys name your faction after it? <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, we, we all really like Elton John. Uh, that's it. It was between that and Tommy. It was like either either Golden Circle or rename it after Tommy. Uh, but no, uh, I don't think this movie is a good movie. Did I have fun watching a lot of it? Kind of. The, the stuff with the microchip is gross. I think like the last like 20, 30 minutes of this movie are super fun. Like all the stuff that actually takes place in like Poppy's lair is super fun. Uh, like, and I, I really like Elton John in the movie. I don't mind the Statesman stuff. Again, I don't think it's a good movie, but I had a fun time watching it. All right. Uh, Zach, have you seen this? Um, I have seen it. I don't know what anyone say. I spent the last three minutes a, a combination of humming, take me home country road, and then I'm wondering if John Denver is still alive pretty stupidly if Yaney died in a pretty famous plane crash in the 90s. Um, so John Denver now alive because I was like, you should just do another Muppet John Denver shit. That can't happen. Um, anyways, it's a bad movie. Um, the only thing I remember from either of the Kingsmen is the anal joke in the first one. So I don't like any of them. They're all just gross to me. Um, and so that's my stance. Yeah, I'm going to go back to most. Take Me on Control. By the way, I was a member of the Kingsmen um, because I thought it was actually named after Humpty Dumpty. Um, so that's, that's all. <laughs> I'm glad it makes sense, to be honest with you. That manager makes sense. Say manners maketh man. That didn't oh, Humpty Dumpty's famous line. He believes oh, in being polite. Uh, Kirk. All right, this was your movie. Uh, okay. Movie. So, Does Zach just uh, be on every show ever, though? Yes. I, I, just want, I just want commentary of what Zach is doing while everybody else is talking about the movies for every movie. Was that everything? That was everything for that, yeah. Um, so we'll go through these quick. Uh, let's uh, recommend some movies. Uh, something that we added to our watch list this week. Um, that uh, you heard about from somebody that you want to see now, anything like that. Um, we'll start. Let's go backwards on this one. I'm going to shake things up. Kirk, if you've got something, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything from this week because between trivia and uh, your list sucks just ending, the idea of me choosing movies to watch for myself has just been a pipe dream that I haven't you know, indulged. Mm -hmm. um, but going back a couple weeks – um, I was at the bookstore with my kids and, uh, just kind of, they, they were looking for like summer reading books or whatever. So I just kind of wandered around browsing, uh, came across the local interest section and they had a, uh, book about, it was all about movies filmed in Pittsburgh. Cause I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. I mentioned that you guys, you guys wear, oh, yeah. um, Take a but, shot. so, uh, you'll die. Um, so I'm looking through it. most wow. movies I know and I recognize, but there's one movie that, that completely cracks for me. It's called Innocent Blood. It's directed by John Landis, and it's a mob movie where uh, the 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 main mobster, I think it's Robert Loggia, uh, gets bit by a vampire, becomes a vampire, and then starts like war with all the other uh, all the other gangs trying to make them mobsters. 
and I don't know how I never heard of this movie because it's like they called me up. It's like, hey, Kirk, we're making a movie. What do you want? I'm like, well, let's make it mobsters. Let's put a horror spin on it. Let's film it in Pittsburgh. Um, but I've, I've never heard of this movie before. Uh, great cast. Uh, Chaz Palminteri's in it. Uh, like I said, Robert Loggia. Um, who else is in this movie? Uh, Angela Bassett. Uh, it just uh, Anthony LaPaglia. Uh who else is in this? Oh, Don Rickles. Don Rickles is, I think he turns into a vampire and has like a really gruesome death. Uh, so it sounds like I was watching trailers, watching clips of it. It doesn't look like a fantastic movie, but looks like a lot of fun, uh, a really fun movie. I can't wait to watch it. All right, Zach, we'll go to you. Unless you don't have something. It wasn't on the screen and I couldn't unmute myself. Um, I I don't um, put that many movies on my watch list. They're mo- mainly new releases um, coming out. I do throw a couple older movies I really don't want to miss. Um, but otherwise, watch this can get fucking insane and overwhelming, and you, you can't make it up. So I try to keep it very limited. Um, so as far as a new release that I just, I just put on so I know when it comes to streaming, um, I put on the movie Jumbo. Um, it was a pretty beloved indie movie. Um, it, I think generally it's about a, uh, a w- young woman who um, wants to fuck a Ferris wheel. Um, that, that's what I understand. And, and, and I'm in on that. And maybe I understand that a little bit. Ferris wheels, the sexiest of attractions um, at festivals, maybe. Um, I missed all of that. I was too busy. Uh checking in on something else that I'm upset about. So uh, let's go Not over. Ferris wheels sexy. Oh, uh, Maggie's I afraid of one of the fuck one. I'm sorry. That they're one they're one. probably the closest ride to the shape of a vagina. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie is reading. And just goes, what, are, what, are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> anyway, Boatman... It's your turn to come back. Do I have to? Yes, you do. Yeah, you set me up. It's your fault. Continue. Cool. I, I, this is a movie um, I was familiar with. Like, this wasn't a recent discovery, but I've been watching a lot of George C. Scott lately. Uh, and I'm just, yeah, I think he's an incredible actor. And there's a, a movie from 1980 called The Changeling. Uh, where it's a horror movie where he plays the lead. And honestly, I know nothing about the actual plot beyond that. I know a lot of people like it. And I'm in with George C. Scott. Like, at this point, I'll watch anything that man does because he's never given a bad performance I've seen. Uh, Cody? Um, So I was hoping it's going to win the poll. I don't think it's going to win the poll because people are boring and you pick boring-ass choices for the top two spots. So I'm going to pick Adaptation. Uh, Just with Catch Me If You Can and Zodiac, those were going to clearly win for a mile. There was no shot for anything like mine. Tim picked basic choices. Oh, it was Tim's choices. I apologize. I I apologize, Tim. Um, Don't get me started. (laughs) Adaptation uh, is something I don't know if I will like, but I want to see it. Um, I felt like watching it for the movie of the month will be the only reason I would watch it. Um, it has everybody on Letterboxd that I disagree with have it high, and people that I agree with have it high. So it's kind of this middle thing. And then Spence is the only only one on Letterboxd with it really low, and I don't value movie taste from Spence at all. So I think this might be a movie I will at least enjoy. 
So it's on my list. Um, I hope I like it, but uh, that's what I want to check out. Um, but yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going the Zach route. I'm putting on a new release that's coming soon that I saw the trailer for. It was always going to be uh, – no, I already saw that. It was always going to be in my uh, most anticipated movies of the year, but the trailer came out, and it was amazing. Uh, the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills, uh, that trailer fucking slaps. Uh, I thought the movie looked amazing. Um, I very much enjoyed the 2018 Halloween movie. I didn't – like absolutely love it i thought they did did some wacky stuff in the third act that i didn't love but uh, overall i thought it was really really good um and i'm super looking forward to this one because the kills in here look uh, amazing honestly they might have showed a little too much um so i probably won't watch another trailer honestly because i kind of i've seen enough so i'm very much looking forward to it uh halloween kills yeah it comes out in october so uh that's my choice okay so we are going to move on to the uh, main part of the show. We're going to talk crime movies. Um, and we're going to make our letterbox list. So guys, please head over to the letterbox, um, the uh, multiplex logged at letterbox page. You'll see all the movies that we uh, talk about this evening on there. So um, I will start with my first pick. Um, like Cody, I don't want to just bring up the ones that we always talk about all the time. Um, so I'm going to go one that still gets talked about a lot, but I don't think I've ever talked about it on a show before. Uh, that is collateral. Um, I love this movie. I think this movie is really cool. Um, I had never seen it until maybe 2015, 2016. Um, when I was getting really into like Tom Cruise action movies and, um, I love Tom Cruise. I don't give a shit about his personal life. I just think he's in some pretty cool action movies. And this one is uh, really, really fun. I think he's great as a villain. I think Jamie Foxx is awesome in this movie and just their whole dynamic uh, throughout the entire movie. Kind of wondering, is Jamie Foxx going to stick with it? Is he going to try to stop him? Like what's going to, it's really, really fun. And uh, yeah, I think Tom Cruise with silver hair, not too bad. Not too bad, Tom. You should try playing a villain again with silver hair. doesn't have to be silver hair, but he should be a villain again because he did a kick-ass job. And I think the final fight, too, on, like, uh, when they're chasing and they end up on, like, that uh, subway train or whatever you want to call it. I don't live in the city. I don't know what it's called. Uh, but I think that's really uh, fun. And Michael Mann, like, there's, there's other ones I don't want to say that could be brought up, but, like, he's just so good with, like, sound and visual and, like, it just like sucks you into the movie. I, I think this movie is a lot of fun. Uh, and I showed it to Maggie for the first time during quarantine, and I remember her going, "Yeah, that was all right." So you know, that means it's probably all right. So, uh, Cody, your take on Collateral? Oh, I love Collateral. Um, I'm a big. I like Tom Cruise a lot. Uh, I think that's what me and like Chance when we first joined this community. Me and Chance both. Uh-oh. I think he's like one of the last big like movie superstars out there that like sells a movie by him himself in it. Um, and I think he's fantastic throughout this film. Um, and I think Jamie Foxx again, not a huge Jamie Foxx fan. I think Jamie Foxx is very hit or miss. Um, I think Ray and I think like Collateral movies like that is where he really shines. Uh, this movie is when Tom Cruise. I agree. I think should play more villains, more bad guys. I think he's incredible at it. Um, and I just like how how gritty this movie is um 
And yeah, great choice. It wasn't on my list, and I wish I would have thought of it. Great choice. Uh, Boatman. Tom Cruise is one of those actors that he often plays Tom Cruise, but that doesn't mean that he can't play other roles. He just takes a lot of the roles that just have him be himself. And I like Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise, but when he does movies like this, I love it. Uh, I, I think he is so like cold and calculating and, and fantastic in this. Uh, it, it's really jarring to watch actually him do a role like this. Uh, Jamie Foxx is also really good, though I don't get why. I get why, but I don't think he should have been nominated in supporting for this movie, because he did get a nomination for this movie, but in supporting when he's the main character, which is weird. Wasn't it the same year he was nominated for Ray? It was be- that was why. It was okay. because he was nominated in lead for Ray, and I wanted to give him a double nomination. Uh, Zach. You are muted. Zach. <laughs> um, okay. I haven't seen it since it came out, um, but but when it did, um, I remember being um, a little confused about it, like tonally, um, but also like n- n- amused in a negative way on on the supervillainness of Tom Cruise and his inability to be taken down near the end of the movie. That's like all I remember about it at this point. And the fact that Jamie Foxx may be a little miscast, I think he's worst when he is, he's playing a fish out of water you know, character which is is not his skill set. He playing awkwardness, playing you know nervousness. Um, that's why fucking Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man Two sucks because they're trying to make him a nerd. And so let's not act like that's what Jamie Foxx can do. Um, so that's all I remember. But I bet you, with you know, fifteen more years of film knowledge, I probably have a different take on it at this point. Uh, Kirk, yeah, I'm gonna say, but Zach, I saw it when it came out and haven't seen it since. I liked it. As well as movies I do want to rewatch just because I would probably appreciate it more now, um, but just haven't got around back to it yet. All right. Uh, Cody, your first pick. Okay. So, again, not saying that you don't have to stay in the same realm as me, but I'm going to try to do something different. Uh, the first movie I'm going to pick up is Carlito's Way. The first movie is Carlito's Way. Um, I got that over uh, uh, Christmas uh, from Chance. Uh, we did like a secret channel like DVD giveaway, and uh, he got that for me. I think it's, I think it's, I don't understand why the movie's not talked about um, in the same regards as some of like uh, Al Pacino's movies. I think Sean Penn in this movie is incredible. Like, I've never wanted to punch somebody so much in a movie like uh, Sean Penn in this film. Um, I think they work off each other really well. It like takes what, because. He's got like essence of uh, Tony Montana in this, like of Scarface. Like you can see, like this, but I think it works better in this one than uh, Scarface. Um, I just really like Brian De Palma's movies. Uh, I, I haven't seen his entire filmography, so I'm not an expert. I won't, I won't like put it as a strength or or say like, of course, it's one of his greatest films. But um, I think uh, I think he's I think it's a really strong one. I would suggest it for anybody that likes crime, especially Pacino uh, crime movies. So yeah, my first one's Carly this way. Yeah, you recommended this to me a while ago when you watched it. I still got to check it out. I really want to see it because you know. I've heard only uh, good things about it. Um, did you know that Al Pacino is uh, Caleb Coho's favorite actor? Yeah, I just yeah, his favorite actor. yeah, his favorite actor. Um, Bowman. 
Carlito's late. You seen this? Oh yeah, uh, it's been a little bit. Uh, but I remember really liking it. Uh, Sean Penn to me was the standout of this movie. I think he's really great. This is actually one of his best performances, in my opinion, uh, as uh, Pacino's cokehead lawyer. Uh, he's great. Uh, and I, I just kind of love uh, the types of movies where, like, a, char- a character who is a criminal is trying to, like, go straight, but all the situations around him are preventing him. I, I think that really works. And I, I just, Pacino's fantastic, and De Palma's great. So, yeah, great, really good gangster movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Carlito's Way, but I just want to acknowledge the rotation. Really solid, really like it. Wish we would use this more often in other, chat, other groups. The rotation of commoners. This is a hit yeah. against you, Cody. I like that we have Boatman, then me, then Kirk, then Cody, then Boatman, then me, then Kirk. And there's wow. no 10, min- 10 seconds of silence. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I really like this movie. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Cody's, uh, it's almost like it's like an alternate reality uh, Scarface where he like got older and kind of got himself together and at least tried to. Um, but I love these. Uh, I love those like Boatman said, those tragic cry movies. Where they want to get out and they're trying to do the right thing, but the sins of their past and just the people they've associated with, you just know it's not possible. And it's just so sad to see it when they're trying so hard. They really want it. You know, they're sincere in their desire to do to, to be different, but just just what they it's what they are. And it's just it's this that's their life and they can't get away with it. Uh Pacino's really good in it. Just it's an it's a much more understated role for him in this kind of movie. Um, and I just like that character he creates. Um, yeah, Sean Penn's really good in it. Um, who else is in this? Uh, Viggo Mortensen, I think he's good in it. Uh, I forget the other of the cast. It's been a while since I seen it, but it's still it's a really solid movie. Are you telling me that Strider, Ranger, Aragorn is in this movie? He is. All right. Well, that's I'm now I'm gonna watch it tonight. You also know it's fascinating that we waited ten seconds for Zach to unmute earlier. So yeah, it's interesting how he does great <laughs> when we pass things. Well, good call, buddy. Boatman, what's your first pick? Uh, I'm going with a more obvious pick. It's so obvious in that it's the thumbnail of this episode. Uh, all it takes is a little confidence. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, The Sting. I love The Sting. Uh, I-, I love The Sting even when I'm watching The Sting while Cody is yelling during YLS. <laughs> Uh, the sting, the the sting is such a fun movie. I love the aesthetics of this movie, the the '30s style uh, costumes and production design. Redford is so charming in this movie, but so good. Like Robert Shaw is such a hateable villain. Doyle Lonigan is an asshole, and it's great. Like there there are a few builds that you just want to see. Like just. Brought down like Doyle on again. Uh, Newman, not in this movie all that much, but his little bit of screen time, he kills it. Uh, one of my favorite just scenes in movies is uh, Paul Newman uh, in the poker game, just trying to get Robert Shaw pissed off at him. So much fun. Uh, this, this is just one of my all-time favorite movies. I love 
con artist movies, and uh, the the big con in this is so satisfying. Um, I haven't seen this, but it just came out on 4K. So I think maybe I'll go pick it up and give it a watch then, because I like all the people in it. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm game for it. Uh, Cody, um, you're much more cultured than I am, and you've seen this. Uh, your take. He'll buy it on 4K. They'll sit on his damn shelf for months until he's done with fandom. Um, Accurate. Sting, Sting is a movie I watched the first time. I didn't understand the hype for it. I thought Bowman was completely wrong. I thought the movie was fine. Um, I was in a bad mood, which is most of the time. It's happening more and more around Zach. But um, I this is a uh, this is a movie that's really good. I think Robert Shaw is. I I think Paul Newman is one of those people that like commands the screen um, and doesn't have it have a lot of runtime, but he's the standout in most films. But like Robert Shaw in this film is incredible to me. I think Robert Shaw is one of those actors we lost way too soon. Um, in his career, I think he's yeah, I think he's incredible. This movie definitely, it's not one of my all time favorite crime movies or up there. Uh, it may on more watches go up there, but um, yeah, it's definitely worth a, a watch, especially with Redford Shaw and Newman all in the same movie. It's it's it speaks for itself. Uh, Zach, your take. Yeah, this is a movie that on paper should be one of my favorite movies. Um, and I adore um, Butch Cassidy, you know, George Roy Hill and Redford's Newman's other collaboration, which was on my short list for this list, but I don't, I deemed it not crime enough, more of a Western. Um, but for some reason, I have trouble finding the like buzz of it that everybody else seems to get. There's like, I feel like there's a kick missing. I um, I was just a little bored watching. Maybe I was in the wrong patience. Um, you know, I do have to span issues that another watch um, could benefit. But but the first time there's just something missing, some kind of kick to it. Kirk, what about you? Uh, I really like this movie. I just rewatched it again not too long ago. What I like about this movie is that at its core, it's a revenge movie. You know, uh, Robert Shaw has their friend killed, so they go through this. I love revenge movie where it's not just let's kill them, it's let's take them down. Let's just take everything they love and 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 rob them for that. And that's better than killing them because we're going to just ruin them and just everything that's important to them is going to be gone. And I love that about this movie. And I just how that motivation just pushes them through the entire thing and just all the different layers. Um, a lot of different movies try the like the long con like this and stretch it out. Uh, some work better than others, but this one does it great. And just the payoff is fantastic. I actually like this better than Butch and Sundance. I think it's a better uh, pairing for those two. Um, but it's yeah, it's a really solid movie. All right, uh, Zach, your first pick. Um, so I am also going to stay yeah, away so from I the. Like ah, shit. Sure. That's what I'm trying to avoid. I was refreshing the YouTube. Okay. Anyways, um, I'm trying to um, stay away from things in my top 100, maybe the obvious ones since I talked about, but if I feel a need at the end, I may go back to this. So something that sh I think should be one of these obvious. You know, legendary films um, that come up a lot, but I feel like never comes up. Um, is I'm going to go with 1967's Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie Ampersand Clyde. Um, sorry, and um, Bonnie Ampersand Clyde fucking rules. Um, it has the right amount of like uh, 
charm with the characters without it being um you know so forgiving of, of their crimes and their antics they 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 i think mastered the anti-hero kind of leads um because you really care for them without necessarily rooting for them you still kind of see their downfall you know coming and it's understandable but they're so engaging so um you know charming in a way um but it's also, you know, a very important movie in history. It really was often gets credit for starting, um, you know, new Hollywood in a way. And there's still some like classic Hollywood touches to the production design and the acting choices. But then having that sense of, um, you know, the violence and making it a little more direct um, and a little more like you have to deal with it. I don't think it's like violence just for fun's sake, but a little bit like look at like we've kind of tampered it down throughout, you know, the past of Hollywood, but they, like these people, you know, are murdering people and they're causing havoc on the way and it, it makes it a little more effective um, throughout. Um, and, and just some great small roles throughout. Um, and Gene Hackman, you know, I Oscar nominated, he didn't win, but right. Oscar nominated at least, you know, is a firecracker and, and, and super hyperly engaging throughout it. And Gene Wilder, who, you know, I'm a huge fan of, comes in and plays like a playboy, which you would never expect, but like caught in the middle of this crime. And it's, it's so amusing, so hilarious. And, and if one, we need a list of best one scene performances that needs to be on something because that that's I, I talk about these a lot and that's definitely one of my favorite one scene performances jude wilder and and bonnie and clyde so is it not ampersand is it just and i'm probably all messed up cody's muted it's uh and on the post god damn it ampersand yeah. Uh, <laughs> what movie's this? Who's in this? Blacks, no class. They use the word and not an ampersand. This movie fucking sucks. Okay. Uh I haven't seen this. Um this is not one that I've gotten to. Um, like I said, I, I, I need to get to older classic movies, uh, but I haven't seen this one. Um heard lots of great things about it though. Um it kind of has gotten lost in a lot of the shuffle for me, but um, I want to see it because um, I've heard a lot of great things. So, Cody. Hold on. I just wanted to check something. We're talking about the Warren Beatty Faye Dunaway movie? Yeah. Who the, When the hell's Gene Wilder in it? He, has, he is in it. He has he one scene. Has okay. One scene. I didn't make this up. Actually. <laughs> okay. I just saw I just saw Zach Ford looking at the chat and like descent into this and didn't know if Ampersand was there and all the stuff. So no, this movie's great. Great choice, Zach. I'm surprised that a movie of I'm surprised this like Winnie the Pooh didn't show up because you know he steals shit in there and you can classify it as a crime movie. Um or some Muppet movie. But no, Bonnie and Clyde Wait, was the movie. paper. <laughs> That's didn't put it on my short list. I fucking blew it. Oh yeah. Um this is a movie I watched at this I think at the start of quarantine and I want to go back and revisit uh as soon as I can. I think this movie is absolutely incredible. Um the, it's so weird. Like I was looking at the reviews on here for Letterboxd and how many people have it like up and down. Like it has so many like different I thought the movie was incredible the first time I watched it. Uh, Gene Hackman's in it. Um, and he gives a they that entire like group, the entire gang just gives a great performance. I'm not a huge like Faye Dunaway fan, like of like the classic movies that I've seen her in, 
But then I realized, like, network, and then I watch uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and then I'm like, well, maybe I should retract that statement because, you know, I haven't seen all of her movies. Of course she's great in this. Of course. Of course she's great. Uh, Just (laughs) fantastic. Um uh, but I meant, I guess I meant that out of place. I went, of course, like, of course, he's a great performance, but the rest of the movie's boring. I'm sorry I put it out of place. Uh, I'm not uh, an educated person, but uh, yeah, so uh, fantastic uh, movie. Great choice, Zach. Bowman? Uh, yeah, I really like Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, I think for me, Faye Dunaway is the one who steals this movie. I think she is great. Uh, she really uh, kind of exemplifies. Uh, you think of uh, Bonnie, uh, kind of that, the initial, like the transformation of that character from the initial little bit of naivete in dealing with Clyde Barrow, but as she kind of fully goes in, I really like the transformation of the character. Gene Hackman uh, is also fantastic. Honestly, the one weird weak link for me is Estelle Parsons, which is the person who won the Oscar, which that's a little weird. Uh, she won the Oscar for that performance, and I think she's eh. Uh, she kind of just screams a lot. If I think she's quite part. annoyed in this film. Yeah, it, honestly, it would be like if we gave Kim Cattrall the or Kate Capshaw the Oscar for Temple of Doom. That that would kind of, is what it kind of feels that like. is that is a really good comparison. Wow, <laughs> she ranks very low on my best supporting actresses uh, ranking. Uh, but overall, this film was fantastic. Um, Kirk? I have not seen this in a really long time. It's kind of embarrassing that I haven't rewatched it yet. Uh, I think the last time I watched this was when AFI did their first Top 100 back like in 97, and I was trying to get through as many movies as those as I could. Um, that's the last time I watched it. So I have not seen this movie within Boatman's lifetime. So I need to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for putting it that way. I love that. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, Kirk, we are moving on to your first choice. Okay. I'm doing the same thing. Everybody knows I love crime movies. My top 10 is littered with them, and I've talked about all those to death. So I'm going to avoid some of those. I'm not picking ones I've never talked about because there's stuff I want to talk about that deserves to be talked about. That I have talked about before, um, but this is underseen and underwatched stuff and underrated stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, so my first movie is the killing of a Chinese bookie directed by John Cassavetes. Uh, I love this movie. I love Cassavetes. I love his style. And I think this exemplifies it better than maybe any of his movies. Um, ben Gazzara plays uh, Cosmo Vitelli. He's this like small time, uh, he owns like this little like seedy like cabaret strip club nightclub type place and he has a like a really bad gambling addiction gets in uh bad with some you know the debts to the wrong people and has to go like kind of do crimes for them to make up for the debt uh what i love about this movie is most movies whatever the main character is trying to do whether it's like land the big job or get the girl or win the big game whatever even if it's in the grand scheme of things not that important because you're watching the movie through that character's main point of view, while you're watching the movie, it's the most important thing in the world, whatever their goal is. Uh, in this movie, the, the this movie just kind of like rips that veneer away. And uh, Cosmo Vitelli, like he puts his whole life into this into this nightclub, and it's like the most important thing in the world for him. And he thinks in his mind, it's kind of like this high class place. But they show you the movie does not hide the fact of how small time he is and how kind of gross this place is. Like he has these girls that work for him and he kind of has like this Hugh Hefner attitude, uh, but they barely want to be there. He treats the 
his patrons and his customers like they're special they have a relationship but like they're just hanging out at a bar they don't care and the movie does not shy away from that at all like you care because you care about the you care about cosmo and that's what makes you care but you the, the movie doesn't try and trick you into thinking anything he's doing is important um but he's so obsessed with this club that when he's out doing his crimes like he stops like he's doing like some serious stuff that his life depends on and he stops at a phone booth to call the club and like is there is the show going on on time is are they singing the right songs like he, he's he's it's he's so meticulous now he runs this place uh, i think ben gazara is one of the most underrated actors i love that guy um he's so good in everything he's in um uh, Seymour uh, Cassell is in this. Uh, he's he he shows up later. He's in a lot of uh, Wes Anderson movies, but he's also uh, a Cassavetes regular. It's just such a great, like really gritty. You know, like I like gritty, gross stuff, and that's the kind of movie this is. Um, and yeah, I love it. Uh, I've never even heard of this, but this sounds really interesting. Um, so obviously, I haven't seen it. If I never heard of it uh but i i'm gonna add this to the watch list because this sounds really interesting um i'm on board i want to see this now uh cody have you seen this i have not i just saw it's on hbo max there's two versions of it it's this is the director's cut so um i don't know which one to watch watch the original because cassavetes was not a fan of the director's well the the, the cassavetes made it shorter he cut scenes out so the original the original uh version is actually longer yeah, it's two fourteen versus uh, hour forty eight. So, yeah. um, no, I'll check it out. Kirk's brought it up numerous times. I just never have, like got around to watching it. Um, but yeah, um, how passionately he talks about it, and how we kind of agree on most crime movies. Um, uh, I'll definitely be checking it out this week. Bowman, you've seen this? Uh, no, I have not. I watched my first John Cassavetes movie, uh, this week though, Kirk. I, I finally watched, uh, Opening Night, and that, nice. I really like that one, so I'm excited to watch the other ones. Awesome. Zach? Um, yeah, this rules. <laughs> it's a great pick, and, um, not what I expected. Um, it makes me really want to put Mikey and Nikki as my next pick, and I'm just shouting out because I'm not going to, but John Cassavetes <laughs> is in that. Um, maybe I should just fucking do it, but no one's seen it. Um, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, Kirk, everything you say is correct. There is just, like, the, like, seediness and the griminess of, of what a, um, you know, good low-level crime movie needs to have it, it is all there. And, you know, the best um, crime movies really are commentaries on masculinity gone wrong. And no one was really better than that than John Cassavetes at really exploring tox- toxic masculinity. And, and this is, you know, really where it is, that, like, weird... Mm, twisted version of what a masculine American dream can become and what it can not amount to. It's, all, it, it, it's a great movie. Um, I do highly recommend it. It is, you know, very indie-fi, kind of low-fi-ish in some ways. I'm interested in what people's takes are, but yeah. it's great. All right. Uh, we'll move on to my next pick. Um, as much as I want to pick, again, some of my favorites, uh, we've talked about them to death. We've already talked about them on this show. So, um, I'm going to talk about one that I saw for the first time this year, or last year, sorry, during quarantine. I still think it's 2020. Um, and that's uh, Donnie Brasco. Um, I had never seen this before, um, but I really enjoyed it. I watched it because, uh, actually, I think Cody watched it and told me he thought it was just, eh. And I was like, well, I, I like I like Pacino. I like Depp. Let's check it out. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I like the movies where it's like, I mean, okay, 
The Departed's like my second favorite movie of all time. So you you got to think. I like the movies where somebody pretends to be somebody else. They're living another life. They go in, infiltrate something. Uh, so I, I dug this. I thought Johnny Depp was really good in the movie. Um, and I thought Al Pacino was doing the Al Pacino thing. And I, I dug that. I, I thought this was just um, a lot of fun. It was pretty formulaic. But nonetheless, I enjoyed it. Um, and I was surprised that a lot of people that I talked to hadn't seen it. Um but I, I really enjoyed it. I liked watching it a lot. I'd like to watch it again. I think I watched it like the day it left Netflix. Like I finished watching it and then it was gone or something like that. And that's why I watched it. Cause I think Cody was like, it's leaving in like a day. And I was like, okay. So uh, Cody, what do you think about Donnie Brasco? Yeah, I think it was in a bad mood. If I'm being honest with you, I think it was not in a like, good headspace to watch this for the first time. I laughed really hard at Bowman when you brought it up. Like Bowman's like, like, notice, like, a guy across the room at a party. I'm like, oh, we're friends. And the guy just ignores him. And <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it's happened before I know, Bo. Um, so, uh, no, I I need to revisit this. Because Pacino and them, I remember good performances. I don't think – I think it might have been, like, with my kids running around or something. But I need to see it again. Um, but, yeah, it's mad for me right now. But it, it definitely could be, like, the sting and go up. Uh, Bowman, you got excited. Uh, yeah, I really like Donnie Brasco. Uh, I think the, I think a this is just one of Johnny Depp's best performances. I think he's absolutely incredible in this movie. Uh, and there's one scene that I just think is like one of the best like scenes in a gangster movie, which is uh, when uh, Brasco Pistone goes uh, into uh, the restaurant with the, the Chinese restaurant with the other gangsters, right? And he has a wire in his shoes, and they ask him to take his shoes off. Yeah. That scene is so great, and the way he twists it around, and then it gets even more kind of terrifying. I love that scene so much. I think the movie is great. Uh, this is, a lot of people like to say that, like, oh, post is when Pacino just goes full Pacino and never really gives a great performance. I disagree. I think this is a super sensitive performance from, from Pacino. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Zach? I haven't seen it. I was obsessed with the name Donnie as a kid, though. Nice. Donnie Darko? Yeah. Uh, Donatello? That's kind of like Donnie. Uh, That's where I came from, honestly. Kirk. Uh, yeah, I like this movie. I, I really like Pacino in it. I agree with Boatman. I think this is a, like a solid, like late Pacino performance, uh, maybe one of the best. And just I like seeing him in that role. Usually, Pacino's like the guy in control. He knows everything that's going on. He's he's kind of pulling the strings. Uh, where in this movie, he's just you know he, he might think about that himself, but he's just really just a small timer. And um, I like that kind of like patheticness of that character. And uh, Depp's really good too. Just the the arc he goes through, and just the the struggle of living that life, living that double life, and um, is really interesting to watch. Uh, so yeah, it's really a solid pick. I like it. All right, Cody, your next pick. Okay, so this one is kind of on brand, I would say, but like I haven't really talked about how much I really just enjoyed this film. Um, it's not like my top 100, but it's a movie that I think should check out because I think the performance in it is absolutely incredible. Um, and I'm going with uh, 2015's Black Mass. Um, 
I find um, I have done so much like deep diving on Whitey Bulger as a as a, a person. Now I will say if people are missing, I was gonna pick The Departed, but if you watched last two weeks uh, YLS, that's more of a mystery thriller, not really a crime movie. So um, I just had to I, I had to just go with uh, with Black Mass here. Um, so I think I think I do not like Johnny Depp. I do not like Johnny Depp at times, um, but I think this movie, he is absolutely transformed into Bulger. I know, uh, I know, uh, like Whitey, when he was still, when he was in jail, hated, like, thought this was trash, like, compared to what the performance really is. Um, uh, but I, the scene where he is, um, at the dinner table, and he's talking. It's in the trailer and everything, but it's the one of those iconic scenes from this mob movie. But where he's like, "What? How'd you cook the steak? It's family secret." No, you gotta tell me. And he starts spilling it, and he just looks across from him, and his eye—he's got those blue contacts in, and you can just see him across from him. He's like, "You spilled that easy to me. What well, would say you let you know turn me in?" And your just stomach just drops. I think like Benedict Cumberbatch being his brother or whatever, and he coming to him is like, if you come to me with this shit again, I'll end you. Like it's just so like how corrupt that mob was back there, the Whitey uh, Whitey Boulder gang. Um, I, again, do I think it's like a star set of the five star movie that everybody's like got to go rave and like love? No, but I think this movie is a lot better than people say it is. So yeah, it's Black Mass for me. Well, my mom's been a weirdo. Because he's a powder. Because he's a powder. Because he almost he lost YLS because somebody put the part as a one mystery thriller, and and he believes it's crime. He's a punk bitch. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, I love Black Mass. Uh, I'm with you, Cody. I think that it's actually really good. Um, I saw it a couple times in the theater because I enjoyed the performances so much. I think Joel Edgerton is really good in the movie, especially. Um, but I thought all the performances all around were really good. I think this was the Jesse Plemons is in this too. I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, and I, I really liked him and I remember, uh, Dakota Johnson being in this and this was kind of the first thing I saw her in besides like 50 shades and social network. And, um, I, I really enjoyed her and her small role. Um, yeah, I thought Johnny Depp was great in this performance. This was the kind of the, the, I, I, I'm, struggling thinking of another recent performance of his that i liked as much as this one um dark shadows oh that's <laughs> how could i forget dark shadows <laughs> good pull uh yeah no but i really i really enjoyed this movie um i haven't seen it since it came out on blu-ray that was the last time i watched it i'm gonna watch it tonight i think so. I, mean, I, might, I might honestly i have i have some time to kill tonight uh so yeah no, I like this pick a lot, uh, Boatman. Uh, I've never seen it actually. Nope. Fair enough. Zach, maybe three and a half. I, I can't remember my like full take on this. I feel like I've had mixed feelings, but mostly was pretty engaged. Um, I do remember actually thinking Johnny Depp was really great. Um, I, I, it was a chance for him to still be covered in so much makeup and look unrecognizable, but give like a real performance and be a real human. Um, and also give a like terrifying villainous performance while still making it um, dimensional um, without you sympathizing with them too much. Um, it, 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 I think 
that's my main like memory takeaway that that says something about the movie. Scott Cooper um, is a pretty solid director. Um, yeah. that I'm interested in, you know, what he has the antlers coming out um, soon, the horror movie. I'm interested in what that take is going to be because I don't think he's like has a bad movie yet. They're all pretty solid. He did uh, Hostiles too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I like- now the furnace and Crazy Heart. Yeah. Oh, out of the furnace! I forgot about that one. Uh, okay, uh, Kirk, your take. Cody, how come you only like these movies because they're in Boston? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, no, I like this one. Point taken. Fair. You know what? Point taken. I, I, fair. <laughs> uh, Depth's really good in this. I do find like the 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 makeup and the contacts, everything, a little distraction, maybe just a little bit over the top. Uh, but I mean, his performance is fantastic. He's terrified. I think he makes a great Whitey Bulger. Um, I just love the story of how incestuous. You know the crime and the politics are like literally like his, his brother is the is the politician, and um, just how you know he's like the big boss, but it turns out he's you know uh, at the same time he's like the informant, everything, and just all those moving pieces and how stressful that is. I love just like crime movie stress where everybody's like life, they, everybody knows like they could just be taken out at any minute, um, and that's the kind of movie this is, and I liked it. All right, uh, Boatman, your second pick. Uh, yeah, uh, my second pick, you know, what? Uh, people are, people are picking crime movies that are like, oh, I want to show off an obscure crime movie. Cool. I'm, I'm so cool. Not obscure, but one that doesn't yeah, get black talked. mass. No one saw it. Not obscure, but you know what I mean, right? I don't care. I'm Goodfellas. It's Goodfellas. It's crime movies. Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas. Uh, I feel like a lot. Of, there are other people in this community that talk about Goodfellas a lot, and I don't get as much of a chance to. I don't think I actually got to talk about it on Top 100 because it got yikes the the week I was supposed to talk about it to the the actual Top 10, and then I wasn't there. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Goodfellas. The scope of this movie is probably the thing I love most about it the way that it truly feels like you are experiencing 30 years of like this culture within this three hour span or two and 40 minute span uh, is incredible. Obviously Joe Pesci, of course, Joe Pesci is great as Tommy DeVito. Right. But um, I, you know, some people talk about how they don't really like Ray Liotta. I think Ray Liotta as Henry Hill captures, especially when we get into like the paranoia that he's feeling towards like the last 30 minutes. I think that feels so realistic to me. That to me, like when I, I love the sequence uh, when you actually see it, like with the time code where we like see basically his entire day and how he's getting more and more paranoid and he's doing all the cocaine just before he gets arrested. <laughs> I love that sequence. Uh, obviously, the the Copa sequence, amazing. Uh, but just kind of this story where the first half is really how can we make being a gangster seem as like cool as possible? And the second half is, no, this is actually terrifying. The second half almost feels like a horror movie at some points. I love Goodfellas. Um, it still amazes me that there are people in the world who... <laughs> Watched this movie and were like, like Bowman just said, and we're like, oh, you know, that was great how in the first half 
they just showed how glamorous it could be. But at the end, but by the end, you realize it's just not that's not what it is. But then say that Scorsese was glorifying uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. It just it it it, it blows my fucking mind that there are people who think that he was saying yes, Wolf of Wall Street, good. Uh, so, but anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, I, we talked about Goodfellas on this show. I think week one uh, with the anti-heroes we talked about it um but i really yeah i love this movie um it's it's top 10 scorsese for sure probably still top five for me um i think it's great i honestly don't have much to add to it uh it's it's one of the best perfect crime movies um yeah i love this movie it's, it's fantastic uh underrated de niro i think it's great uh cody uh, top three Scorsese for me, absolutely. Um, it is in it is top three. It's not his best. Um, I'll stand by that. And I just want to say something for the viewers at home. How boring Bowman has to be to come on this show and just mention like all the sting and thing. You just want to appeal to all these film this uh, filmmakers. You want to be this people. You want to fit in this film community. You want to be in this tight little thing. Have an opinion. Be some bold. Take some chances. Fuck's sake, jeez. Okay, this, this uh, really is going to have gone to you, Cody. I feel like I've done you. Um, uh, I, uh, I think, I think this movie's incredible. Of course, it is. Um, on rewatch, I just rewatched it. Um, I, I think Ray Liotta is he a good actor? No, I do not believe he's a good actor. I will stand by that. I do not think he's good in this movie. He is perfect for this movie. He is not overacting. He is frantic for the sake of what the character is asking him to be. It's a person that wants to be in this thing, uh, be in this lifestyle, and doesn't realize how much this lifestyle is going to take from him from being in there. Um, I've actually watched like a lot of behind the scenes, like from actual like people that have been inside the mob on this. There's like a, a YouTube channel out there that I've seen, and they. The real story about Henry Hill is he's basically a cokehead and just they, he didn't do as much as the glorifying. He's the he's the cool kid that wanted to sit at the table, but the movie like glorified him in a certain way that is a little different. Um, but overall, like this movie's great. Joe Pesci, I think, deservedly so, got the Oscar um, for this. Um, I think De Niro's great in everything he does. But I just love like the simplistic. I love all the side. That's my favorite thing about like the Italian mob, like that side of it is like the side characters, the ones that don't say anything, but have the persona that they don't say anything to anybody, but they have, they demand all the attention of the room. That's what I love. And yeah, I still, what the fuck's with the prison scene? Well, there ain't no fucking way they got to cook in jail like that. It's still one of the most baffling scenes in film. They're like, I don't even know where they were lined up. A guy from the mob was like, I don't know where they were, but that can't be fucking true. I was there for 40 years. No one gave me fucking garlic. <laughs> with the razor blades, though. So, yeah, uh, but great film, great film. Just have better opinions, Bowman. Jeez, uh, I mean, that movie doesn't make you hungry for spaghetti, though. Um, eh, everything makes me hungry. I got hungry for Ferris wheels at the trailer for Jumbo. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> this is my um. Real number one pick that I was never going to say. I'm just trying to avoid my top 100, but it is my number one choice. I love Goodfellas. I watched it way too much at too young of an age. Um, but then I still turned out that all I care about is Wayne the Pooh, so it's not like it fucked me up. Um, anyways, um, 
Cody's backstory is interesting, but I also feel like kind of hits the hammer in the head with even what Martin Scorsese is going for that, you know, Henry Hill is essentially a narcissist, an egotist, someone who, who thinks that the, um, you know, he deserves the world. He's like a, a born to be king, but never really got the place. And I, I think the movie really examines that, even though it is essentially from his, honestly, his perspective, because it's based on his book and it's his, his point of um, his story. Um, but I think Martin Scorsese gives the right touch to analyze that as like a personality trait and a personality flaw. Um, but yeah, good flows rules. Um, it's, you know, hyper engaging, but also, you know, handles the material with the right level of like sensitivity without glorifying it as, as Tim was talking about with, you know, other Scorsese movies. Um, he, and just like we talked about with Cassavetes and I saw all best crime movies, Scorsese knows, has a point of view on, you know, masculinity and the masculinity he grew up seeing and, and wanted to kind of attack that, but attack it in the most entertaining manner possible. Kirk. Yeah. Um, I think this is my number two last year in my top 100. Uh, so I, I, I have no problem, but I'm glad somebody brought it up because it deserves to be brought up. Um, mm-hmm. See, I think about this movie, I don't think Scorsese glorifies it. I think what he does is he invites you into this world, this completely different world, this completely different culture, and he shows you their point of view. And you you see that in, in this world, you know, good guys and bad guys, that's defined differently. And it just lets you, for two hours, kind of understand that concept, and it goes from there. Uh but yeah, I love all the performances. This are fantastic. Everybody, uh, top to bottom, is just doing great work. This is Scorsese's best movie. Uh, we throw around the word masterpiece a lot, but um, I mean, this is literally his masterpiece. I think this is the movie his whole career was uh, building towards. Um, and I think I don't think he. I mean, he's made a lot of great movies since, but he he's, he definitely hasn't topped this. Uh, and it has a great soundtrack. Uh, I love I, I, I whether it's realistic or not. I love that prison scene. I just love I love the minutiae in this movie. I love how food plays a role. I love the third act when he's running around. He's selling the guns. He's selling drugs. He's worried about you know whether or not he's going to be taken out. But he also has those lovely cu- cutlets at home. And it's his brother's birthday. And he has to get the sauce just right. You have to stir the sauce, or otherwise it's going to get burnt. I love those little moments. And like I said, just go entering this world for a little bit that you know is really a horrible place, but to them it's not horrible. And you you get that understanding. Um, it's a fantastic movie. All right. Uh, Zach, we move on to your second pick. To balance out, um, you know, a legendary movie like Bonnie and Clyde, I want to pick something um, more modern and a little more unheralded. And I'm going to pick, um, and I Googled this, um, the old man ampersand um, the gun. Okay. Um, so, Old Man the Gun, um, I like adored this when it came out. Um, I think I only had it as my four bad years. It's like fucking killer for me. I, um, a lot of perfect movies for me. Um, there's something about the vibe of this movie that I think, you know, it is a it's a bank heist movie as Robert Redford as you know an 80 year old um, bank robber, but doing it in the most polite and calm manner. And there's a real reflectiveness and, and kind of chill quality to this movie um, that I just completely fell for. It really, instead of being a thrill ride, really being about their crime, it becomes more analysis of watching a man late in his life doing the only thing he knows how to do and the only thing he knows how to love and, and kind of um, 
counteracting that, you know, contrasting that with Casey Affleck's um, performance as a cop that doesn't fully feel like he belongs or fits or, or, or sees much purpose in what he is doing a little bit. Um, so that, that kind of odd take of like the bank robbers committing his purpose, but the cop is feeling a little lost in his life. Um, and I think just two performances that are just so soulful and connected that I really kind of uh, uh, fell for. It's a great, you know, swan song for Robert Redford late in his career um, and, and a great companion piece with Bonnie and Clyde um, to go with that. It, it, and I think it's just a lovely movie. David Lowry is one of my favorite working directors. Um, I think everything he makes is interesting. They're kind of still connected, but still so um, varied. And, and the genres that he's doing, they could do mainstream movies like um, Peach Dragon and do weird art movies like um, the Ghost, A Ghost Story and then do a little more indies, but still, I think, very accessible um, bank heist movies like this, David Lowry just has a great touch and I think a great tonal um, control. I keep, you all know that my number one movie of the next decade is David Lowry doing Peter Pan. It's just bound to happen. So we could just write that in the books. Um, but yeah, Oh Man the Gun. I, I want, I, I, this is one that, you know, Beautiful Day in Neighborhood's the other one that I feel like of the 2010s that I've really tried to champion as a movie that maybe people aren't giving the full credit it deserves if they gave it more rewatches. I really think if people get this rewatches and patience that this can find a bigger audience in the house. Yeah, I saw this in the theater when it came out. I also am a big David Lowry fan. I like him. He's doing the Green Knight, right? That's coming out this summer. Yeah. I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to that. That looks incredible. Um, yeah, that movie looks amazing. So, but uh, I haven't seen the first. What is it? Ain't bot them body? What is it called? Ain't, Ain't the body saints, which is kind of like a Terrence Malick wannabe, but still. Oh well, then I'll probably love it. Uh, yeah, I, I that's how you get. A... That's how you get Tim Burkala hooked. Just you mentioned Terrence Malick. No, it's uh, it's it's like Terrence Malick's Badlands, not like modern Terrence Malick. It's a little more story driven. Just does. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm I was being, like I was being serious. I wasn't joking. I I love Terrence Malick. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, no. So I'm a I'm a fan of Lowry. Um, I thought this was good. I liked Pete's Dragon more. I liked a ghost story more. Um, but I enjoyed this. I thought it was it was good. Um, I just I have no desire to ever watch it again. Um, but I I definitely enjoyed my time in the theater. I thought Redford was good, and all those people that said that this was going to be his final performance. Um, he's in Avengers Endgame, and that came out in 2019. So um, sorry that the MCU got him last. Uh, Cody, did you see this? Um. I did not, and now that it has an ampersand, I'm not probably going to. That's fair. Uh, Boatman, did you see this? Uh, no, I have not seen this yet, but I know Caleb Coho loves this movie. This oh, is I'm out. I'm this out. Coho movie, yeah. He loves it. Um, so, And he has told me I would like it, so we will see. There was a lot of Oscar buzz around it. There was a lot of Oscar buzz around it at the time, so that's probably why he loved it. He probably it. read it on Gold Derby that I was going to get. Robert Redford gives a great performance. That's his letterbox review, I can tell you now. Was the <laughs> uh, uh, Kirk, have you seen this? I have seen it. I don't remember much about it, and I think I have it a little bit confused in my mind with the mule. Um, but I remember it being good. Okay, like I like Redford. Redford's always charming. He's really good at that, like – guy who only knew like uh, Zach said only knows how to do one thing and that thing really isn't a thing anymore uh you know this and uh Butch Sundance Great Waldo Pepper uh that's kind of his sub genre uh but 
Um, it's what I'd probably go back and look at again just to see. Because, um, like, like you said, Tim, I'm, I, I remember enjoying it at the theater. I just remember much about it. All right. Uh, Kirk, we are on to you for the final pick of the night. Okay. There's two movies I really want to talk about. So I'm going to leave it up to you guys. Do you want me to pick the more obscure movie that none of you have probably seen, um, but you may be interested after I talk about, or do you want me to talk about the one some of you have probably seen and can engage in the conversation? Think the one we've seen. Yeah, sure. The one you, we, we've seen. Okay. Yeah. I'll then, the other one afterwards. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Bad Times Dale Royale. Oh. Um, I love this movie. I think this is one of the most underrated movies of the last couple of years. Um, when I redo my top 100, this is probably going to make it. Um, it's just such a kind of perfect crime movie. Uh, the movie is just all about choices and the choices the character make and the and living with the dealing with the consequence of the choice you make. The hotel itself uh, demands a choice because it's built on the. Uh, border of california nevada and you have to choose what size you want to be on and every every moment that movie around that is based on a choice and i love that so much uh the cast is just amazing amazing uh cynthia cynthia revo um her acting is great but her singing and the way they use her singing and use her voice uh to progress the story of this is really good uh the rest of the soundtrack is is the you know the the ambient soundtrack is amazing. Uh, Jeff Bridges is really good in it. Um, he just plays like this old time. Well, I won't spoil what he is because you don't know it to be in the movie. Uh, but just everybody's so good in it. And um, I'm blanking on his name. Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is, is just a perfect villain in this. I want to see him do so many. I think if Chris Hemsworth picks roles like this 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about like how Chris Hemsworth is one of the greatest actors of the past 25, 30 years uh, because of how good he is. He shows what he could do. Uh, he's such like just a, he plays like a Charles Manson type, like this cult leader. And he is so good at it. He's so hateable. Um, and yeah, it just, it's so well shot. There's so many just great looking moments in this movie. Um, and it's just such a great story. It's one of those ones where you are kind of fed everybody's backstory a little bit at a time. And so you're, you know, you're always catching up with the movie. Uh, and it's just so, it's just really great. Just a great resolution. Um, great ending. Uh, the relationship between uh, Cindy Revo and Jeff Bridges character is really great and how that builds and develops. Um, and yeah, I love everything about this movie. Yeah, this was another one that came out uh, right around the same time as Old Man and the Gun, actually, because um, I remember seeing them pretty close together. Um, but this movie's awesome. Uh, I know a lot of people love the uh, the great 2010s comedy, The Cabin in the Woods, uh, which was uh, Drew Goddard uh, as well. But uh, this one, I think, is better. Uh, I think this is great. It's a little long, but you don't necessarily feel it. You You kind of just, it's one of those where it's like, it's wrapping up and you're like, Oh, we're almost done. And you look at the time and you're like, wow, we've been sitting here for two and a half hours. Um, I always know the mark of a, of an intro, maybe not a great film, but an interesting film. When my dad calls me and goes, do you see that El Royale? <laughs> and I say, yeah, dad, I saw that. He goes, pretty weird movie. <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah, it was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, no, I really like this movie. Um, it's a lot of fun. I like the uh, split timelines and looking at all the characters in different ways. Uh, John Hamm is really good in this. Yeah. Um, like you said, Jeff Bridges, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia 
of Revo, really good. Um, Dakota Johnson also very good in the movie. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, there's lots of great performances, lots of good atmosphere. Um, I think it's the opening scene is with Nick Offerman where he is taking apart the bedroom and everything. And that, that whole sequence is really cool. Um, I just want to see, it is Drew Goddard, right? That's his, that's the director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see what he does next. Cause he's too yeah. for, for me. And I've just, I've really enjoyed uh, both movies, but yeah, I think this one's better. Um, so I want to see him do another thriller. something like This more in the vein of this than it, of cabin in the woods. So, uh, Cody, your take. I've seen this movie one time, and I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. Um, I know Cole was a big fan of it. It's so weird to hear just Kirk praise it, because I, when I watched it, again, we we see eye to eye on a lot of crime movies. I will just need to recheck this out. I haven't seen it. The more stuff, like, I have the anxiety of, like, the hotel being on two separate states, like, all the, like, the... The, the fees and the taxes and like where you pay stuff and like I feel like that would just be an effing nightmare. I think that's a, just a bad decision of building it like that. But other than that, I, I I remember I just haven't seen it. So with Kirk praising this highly and as much as he's talked about this movie, it's definitely got to go on back on my watch list to rewatch it because I think maybe I missed something the first time or maybe I just it was like I have that problem with new releases like when a lot of them come out when I haven't seen them in theaters, I just will watch through them and then I miss things or I just watch them too fast. So yeah, I'll definitely go check it out. I will say this, Cody, I liked it. First time I watched it on rewatches, it got a lot better. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Boatman. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really like this one. It kind of felt like if you took like Tarantino and the Coen brothers mm-hmm. and put them in a blender and, said here's your movie uh and that is not a bad combination at all uh i i am going to echo what kirk said chris hemsworth is my favorite thing in this movie i think he's really great this also was the movie that showed me that dakota johnson could actually act Mm. uh she's great in this whole cast is fantastic uh cynthia Revo needs more work uh, and not just playing random biopic figures like actual movies that are better. Um, but yeah, uh, Bad Times, really good. Zach. Um, me and Kirk out here represent 2018. <laughs> um, I uh, had a great theatrical experience. I saw this um, at the Flix Brew House. It's information just for Tim. Um, I saw this at Flix Brew House. On There's one in Iowa, not yeah. just for him. Okay. <laughs> um, I saw it on like a Wednesday. I was the only person there. It was like my day, of like a way into myself. I had wings and a beer. And it was just fucking delightful and a really thrilling movie. And I, I loved it. And I, I think um, like more soulful. <laughs> and emotional than like I expected for this kind of um, Tarantino-esque kind of thriller. I think Jeff Bridges was so connected to his performance. I, I found it so dimensional, so heartfelt in a way. And I really, you know, felt for, for where that arc went. Um, I, I had him on my, cause I keep track of everyone I think would be like my supporting actor. I had him on my short list. I think he was just so brilliant um, in that movie. And I can't wait to be watching. I haven't seen it since, but loved the night that I saw it. All right. 
Well, guys, that's our list. Uh, go over to the Letterboxd and hit like on that. Um, we're going to wrap up the show now by getting uh, thoughts on the movie of the month from the two people here who haven't talked about it yet. Uh, we're going to start with Zach uh, because uh, he hasn't seen it in a while, but he's still seen it. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Um, the movie, Zach. I like Kubo a lot. It's, it's near the bottom of my Leica rankings, but that it doesn't say much because I like just adore Leica. We had box trolls at my top 100. Um, but, and, and I say one of my main memories of Kubo, what Leica does so well is their extra, their bonus credit scenes, their end credit scenes of showing how they, the craft that they put into it. And this Box Jewels was such a minimal version of that. It just showed like the one scene of the two, you know, um, dunces, um, the henchmen on the side talking and being very meta. And this one was like the much more grand, extreme version of how they create this giant, you know, monster um, and make it function. And it's so engaging. And I think that that in that end credit sequence is so important to the appreciation of what like it does and, and throughout the whole movie, just keeping it. Keeping in the concept of everything it takes for them to create these, um, you know, lovely looking movies that are also just so engaging, um, take so much effort, and it's it's amazing. And that's like what I think about the whole movie without it being distracting. Because thinking about how it be made can be distracting, but I think you still get caught up in the storytelling because they still have. I would say like a Pixar level of how to create these worlds and how to tell these stories. And I think Kubo definitely, um, you know, creates the mythology in a very um, engaging, trancing way. Um, I, I really need to rewatch it. Um, it, but it's, yeah, just lovely, like a world building. What would you give it out of five, Zach? Um, I believe I gave it four and a half, which I um, count as a nine out of 10 because half stars are for imbeciles. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, <laughs> Cody, uh, your take on Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, I liked it. I think it's fine. Uh, I'm not in love with this movie. I think the visuals are really cool of it. But overall, I was not, like, blown away. Um, I have this <laughs> problem. Uh, it's like this movie um, – there's movies that are adored by a lot of people in the animation side, like Studio Studio Ghibli and this and stuff. Leica films, they're just not really made for me at times. I just don't. I don't like them. I think this movie's. I think this movie's just, well, just not my cup of tea. I mean, the best way I can put it. I think visually everything they do great. Do I ever want to run back to it? No. Would I rather put this on than like you know the wild or. Uh, Di uh, uh, Ice Age, uh, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, absolutely for my kids. But still, at the end of the day, I find it three stars. Not absolutely in love with it. Um, maybe on rewatches it could go up, but I wasn't absolutely in love with it. All right. Well, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. I uh, got a couple things to just run by you. Uh, starting next month is a new movie of the month. That was the last time we're going to talk about Kubo. Um, unless someone else brings it up, but uh, I doubt anyone will at this point. So next week we have a uh, female led action movies. We've got Spence, we've got Brian, uh, me and Boatman for that. So we need one more uh, for that show. And then uh, coming up on the 13th, uh, I'm one that I'm really excited about sequels that came 10 plus years later. Uh, so we've got Brian uh, for that one. 
Uh, but we need a couple more people for that. That's going to be an exciting one. Also, uh, as we announced last week, we're moving to Twitch. The show will be over there on Tuesday nights. Uh, so will YLS on Wednesdays. So go over and subscribe to the Twitch channel. Uh, Cody, you want to talk about the giveaways we're going to be doing real quick? Oh, yeah. Um, so if we hit the 50 subscriber mark um, by the time we go over to Twitch, so we got a week. We're at 27 right now, so we're halfway there. Um, if we hit it, we, me and Tim are both giving away two movies apiece. Um, I made a little statement on YLS that if you're more of a digital person, if you're like um, that, not if you're more of a physical DVD person, uh, address, if you're safe with that, I will ship you a movie of your choice. Um, depending on if it's, you know, not ridiculous. I'm not doing Criterion movies for anybody or like that's crazy high expensive. But um, if you go follow us over there. And then Mike Hanley's actually joined us from the video store. He's going to also throw in a movie. So that's now we're up to five movies that we're giving away if we reach the target. Uh, I know we can do it. Um, it's just better for our channel overall. Uh, we've, we've talked about it. Um, it just seems like we need to dip into both areas. So, yeah, come join us over there. Um, I think uh, – You'll enjoy it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, thank you to Zach, Kirk, Cody, Boatman. Uh, this has been a fun fun show to talk about. Uh, go over to the Letterboxd uh, and check out all the stuff we talked about, the list, diary entries and stuff. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for female-led action movies and the new movie of the month. So go vote in that poll if you haven't already. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good night. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening.